day was I hungover? All of them sounds like. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, it was our fault. We made a mistake. Spider said it was clear. I wasn't clear, and, you know, I, I didn't want to tear my car up, tear his car up either. I respect everybody, and I demand respect. And, you know, I apologized to the guy when he came over the car, explained to him what happened, and then he took it to another level when he started calling me an idiot and whatever else. And I don't appreciate that. I'm not going to take it. I told him how I feel. I called him out. He didn't show. You know, and so, you know, I'm good with it. He's good with it, but I'm not going to be disrespected by no means. Yeah, I guess uh, I had a dinner date at Applebee's last night that I didn't find out until it was too late. It's a shame love their riblets and boneless wings, but... Uh... Uh, hey, folks. Welcome back to Applebee's. This is your Tired as Shit, Too Much Racing podcast. It's your host, Brian, with your other hosts, Ashley and Rob, folks. How we doing on this lovely Tuesday afternoon? Alive and thriving. How about you, true love? Quite the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys both spent the weekend, or the week rather, you're there for like a whole like six or seven business days down in North yeah. Wilkesboro for the big show. I'm exhausted. My body hurts. Yeah, I'm struggling. But was it worth it? I would uh, say yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I would feel like shit like this forever. Maybe not forever, but a couple days. Hell yeah. Experience, yeah. Well, there you go. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you. <laughs> now nah, we got shit to talk about. I want, I want to hear all about this, guys. Uh, I know I've been talking to you, like, the whole time uh, you guys have been down in North Carolina. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just, just I, we don't really have a plan today, to be perfectly honest with you. We're a little different than normal, but there's so, so much to go through. And, again, you, you guys were on the ground for this event, so I'm really curious to hear uh, just, just what the experience was. For sure. Let's 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 talk about a couple other things before we get into that big segment. There's going to be a lot to talk about. Sure. I think we, we should talk. Let's get a little indie stuff out of the way since, Rob, I know this is a big week for you being the big indie car fan on the show. Oh, it There's is. that. Yeah. I want to touch on the uh, Landon Huffman stuff a little bit, but let's. let's oh, some, shit. I forgot about that. Yeah, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's 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 start off with with the indie chat first. Oh, yeah. Um, relatively safe week. Really exciting qualifying. Very high speeds. Pretty much the whole field is over 230 miles an hour. Uh, Alex Pillow getting the pole again, breaking Scott Dixon's record with a big old 234 and change average. That's what I'm fucking talking about, folks. That was going to be my question. Like, like, was that the actual, like, full-on pole record that was beat well in, like, indy's what? weird because they do different days of qualifying uh yeah. the actual qualifying four lap record is ari Leindykes. he got that in 97 i believe i thought that's and when he, they weren't he, uh, with them using natural ass sorry uh, 90 96 excuse me he went 236 7 or something like that okay he also got a single lap of like about 239 which oh, was wow. fucking insane, yeah. And then the next year they brought in the nat normally aspirated cars, and uh, it, it dropped about 30 miles an hour, and everybody was bummed. But yeah, uh, this is the fastest four-lap uh, pole speed we've seen. Again, Indy qualifying is weird, but uh, yeah, breaking last year's record that Scott Dixon put down. These Ganassi cars are just fucking fast. Good God. Also, lots of big drama with uh, with Graham Rahal getting bumped out of the race and then getting bumped back in when poor Stefan Wilson... Uh, not, not going to be racing after a little uh, little dust up with Catherine Leg in practice yesterday. Really nasty wreck, I and mean, it couldn't happen to a uh, a less deserving guy. Um, 
Lots but of it people. sounds like he's gonna he's gonna like fully recover. It's not like he's paralyzed or anything. At first, I know they were talking about backboarding him out and all that. And yeah, you know how it is. Anytime you see that stuff on TV, it looks terrifying. But yeah, it's just because medical uh, technology has come a long way in the past. You know, 20, 30 years. You know, particularly in the past 20, 30 years. But mm-hmm. which, by the way, if you haven't watched that Rapid Response documentary or read the book with Gary Trammell and all them, I recommend doing that. That's a pretty cool look at uh the safety program in indycar racing and racing in general and just how they kind of learn how to put people's feet back together in the 80s since everyone was getting their shit torn up interesting but yeah you know uh, stefan's got a i don't know if you guys know his story at all his brother got killed at pocono a few years ago and stefan sort of carried the uh torch now, for him especially at indy and uh he made the show on merit this year you know just mm-hmm. by the skin of his teeth and then to have that happen and then graham ray hall to be allowed to jump into a chevrolet and kind of carry the torch for him is pretty surprising but hey you know so give indy. me a little uh education on graham ray hall obviously i know he's bobby's son but i mean is he one of those deals where he's just getting a ride based on his name has he actually performed in his career or, he's, or what he's kind of like marco andretti to make another direct comparison to a, a son or grandson that just didn't quite have it mm-hmm. um graham's fine uh the, the ray hall team has never been like a penske or a ganassi or uh you know a patrick racing or one of the big time teams you know yeah uh, certainly not in a long time, and missing the Indy 500 is a, is a Ray Hall family tradition. Uh, this happened to his dad literally 30 years earlier in the first year of existence with the team. Also, that was the same year they switched over to Honda, So, if I remember correctly. So very similar similar storylines here. So at least his dad, is he's a shoulder to cry on, but or was anyway, now he's back in the show. But, uh, yeah, he's he's pretty good. He's won a few races, um, the biggest one probably being that race at Fontana we talked about a few weeks ago on this show, that absolute uh, insanity, uh, piece of insanity that happened at Fontana. Last year, IndyCars were there. Graham won that race, and I think he's got a couple others. But, yeah, it's one of those deals where, like, I feel like he has all the pressure in the world to live up to the family name and uh, just for whatever circumstances uh, hasn't really – been able to do that and the clock is certainly ticking there's a lot of stuff in the media right now about him even leaving the family team at some point he's not ruling it out which is uh that means things aren't going that well in my opinion (laughs) if you're talking about quitting the family team to go to greener pastures but are there other pastures for him to go to i don't know i guess i guess we'll see watch this fucker win the indy 500 in somebody else's car though it's gonna be hilarious you know, I'll be watching. I'll have it on. Um, you know, I don't not gonna know what the hell's going on, but I'm excited to uh, to watch it all pan down. That's for sure. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Um, I'll be uh, probably listening to it on the radio in the parking lot at the 600. So we'll oh, that's right. You'll be at that. Yeah. Oh, you're going to the 600 too. I'm going. Uh, yeah. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. But. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that rules. Um, and then, like I said, I mentioned wanting to get into the Landon Huffman stuff. So uh, yeah, sa- wow. Saturday night, while you know Ashley and I were still at North Wilkesboro watching. I need a beer for races, this one. Shit. Um, <laughs> there was some short track racing at Hickory, which I definitely uh, kind of wish I was there now compared to, yeah. uh, you know, some of the heat races we saw. But uh, Landon <laughs> Huffman, who, uh, you know, I've, I've had my interactions with him on on social media he's bought some stuff from me he's a really nice guy uh drives for uh, dale jr's vodka company uh he's running a late model team out of his dad's old uh, shop um 
he was racing at Hickory, where I guess he's had some issues with uh, the track itself there. Yeah, and, he's had a pretty uh, rough management. rough year with uh, with Hickory this year. There's been a lot of like he wasn't allowed to run a uh, one of a twin race there because of a tire change, and it was uh, just a lot of kind of fuckery. But c- continue. Mm-hmm. So uh, when the I, one of the mains there. Uh, uh, as the story goes, uh, Annabeth and Annabeth Barnes Crum and uh, Landon Huffman were kind of getting into it back and forth a little bit on the track. Uh, I think I think the story goes she got into him. Uh, he kind of nudged her out of the way at one point to pass her back. Uh, she tried to right rear him and spun herself out, and then under the caution. Uh, ran uh, twice the speed of everybody else all the way around the track and smashed right the hell into the back of Landon's car, taking him out of the race and also doing more damage to her car than she did to his. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, meanwhile, in the spotter stand, uh, Annabeth's husband uh, cold-cocked uh, Robert Huffman, Landon's dad, broke his nose and started stomping on him. Um... I don't know a whole lot about these people. Uh, from what I gather, they're supposedly uh, proper Jesus-loving, God-fearing folks with a lot of money who come in and race like complete fucking trash bags. <laughs> Aren't they always? <laughs> kind of seems. Kind of seems how it goes with with some of these some of these uh, God-fearing. Well, folks. you you might remember Jake Crum from getting banned from tracks over a mile and a half for sending Ryan Ellis up into the fence. Uh, same deal, right? Hooking. Maybe maybe he taught his wife a lesson, or maybe she watched some old YouTube highlights. But was that in he, Xfinity? or something uh, it was a truck race he, he truck race okay i don't know if that band still stands but i feel like he's gonna hickory is nascar sanctioned so he's probably gonna get another little call from the office at some point and hopefully those fuckers don't see the track for a long time it's just unacceptable man it's, i mean what on track is one thing but to you know cold cock a guy and be a total pussy about it again i wasn't there wasn't part of it but again you know how my my feelings on fighting are you know square up and do your thing and this doesn't sound like that's what that was and good good god i hope nascar brings the hammer down landon just released a video on youtube like literally a couple hours ago so i haven't had a chance to watch it but i definitely plan on watching that after the show is done kind of explaining his side of things and i have not seen any sort of reaction uh from hickory or anybody else yet as far as what's going on with these people but you know if if i was landon if these people aren't banned from the track i would take my business elsewhere i mean his other car he had two cars in the field that night his other car ended up winning and uh you know landon's it seems like he's a pretty popular dude and he's a good driver um you know i don't know what other options are uh near him to run as far as the local short track goes i know hickory's hickory's seems to get a lot of attendance and is pretty well known so it's not like you want to leave a track like that but no. i mean shit i don't want to be on a track with with people like that either you know yeah. so. well he's he's had a couple starts in the cars tour this year and has acquitted himself decently uh i think mm-hmm. people are noticing him so maybe maybe he'll have some more places to race pretty soon but uh, yeah, what a fucking dumb situation that is. A little more Bowman Gray than Hickory, I guess. But yeah. So uh, that's that was the other action happening in North Carolina um, this weekend. But the action that we saw, Ashley and I at least, uh, we did make our way to North Wilkesboro. Uh, but Ashley, you should probably start this off because you were there a few days prior to me getting there, so you saw a little more action than I did. Okay, you want me to make words? Ashley's got to wind up here real quick. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm dying. Jesus. I 
feel like really hungover today, even though I didn't drink an ounce of alcohol yesterday. I was gonna say it's Tuesday now. It's, it's yeah. Sunday was was 48 hours ago. Folks, we're fucking right. old now, so it is what it is. I spent like 12 hours on a Greyhound last night. That was supposed to be only like seven hours, oh, and it was God. about 32 degrees on that bus. So <laughs> I got home at like 3:30 this morning. Now, now you've got uh, you've got okay. pneumonia. <laughs> Greyhound rabies or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> yeah, I went up on a went up last Monday, and then we went to the track Tuesday for uh, what was supposed to be the ASA race with <clears throat> Chase Elliott. Um, we got there early just to kind of walk around the track you know first day there figured it'd be pretty chill so to give us a chance to like check out all the work that they've done and man i had like a goofy ass smile on my face the whole time just walking around seeing what a great job they did hell yeah that's awesome sprucing that place up like it was cool looking and had a vibe when it was shut down so i can't even imagine what it was like to actually be there this time yeah, and they really put in a genuine effort to like make it nice and functional, but keep it as old looking as possible. Like fresh paint everywhere, but like all the old like you know hand painted lettering and signs everywhere. And that fucking scoreboard too. Yeah, the scoreboard was cool. the The whole weekend they had the results of the '96 Cup race up there until. Uh, I think the truck race but, um, so yeah just spent Tuesday walking around checking out everything like the Winston Cup Museum in Winston-Salem had a trailer set up there with like a little mini museum in it and they had a bunch of old cars that they brought out and had all the merch trailer like pulling up to North Wilkesboro and seeing cup merch haulers lined up was like the first moment where I was like holy shit this is real <laughs> that's um, awesome but yeah and then until it fucking rained that night but. so what do you do uh in a rain out in the middle of wilkes county well, ashley <laughs> i'll tell you what there's not much shelter there yeah. um we at one point hid when it was just kind of drizzling and off and on we hid under one of the suites there's a little covering and then it stopped for a little while. They were drying the track. We're like, oh, we'll, we'll venture out to the merch haulers and just kind of walk around and kill some time. And as soon as we got out the gates, the fucking hell hath no fury weather rolled in. And <laughs> I was waiting for a fucking funnel to drop out of the sky any second. Like, very ominous. And then the bottom dropped out and there's lightning everywhere. And we're trying to like get back in the gates to go find shelter and the little old ladies at the gate said nope you're not allowed back in the track said you have to shelter in place so now i'm standing oh in an open field <laughs> with nothing but merch haulers and lightning everywhere and being told to shelter in place so i found uh, an abandoned sunglasses hut who had already packed up and left for the day and hid under a metal tent in a lightning storm until they <laughs> called the race. <laughs> I 
I was like, well, fuck. If I'm gonna die, let me let me die at North Wilkesboro. Hell yeah. So that was Tuesday. <laughs> Well, they eventually did get some racing in. Yeah, the next day. Yeah, we came back the next day, and they had all three races. They had the the Cars Tour and the ASA and whatever the fuck that other third one was. But that was a long day, and I got very fucking drunk that day because, you know, three races. Yeah. A lot of time to kill, but those late model races were fun. They were very good. Uh, Butterbee McQueen Woo. and then old uh, Bubba Pollard. Yeah, that was cool to see him on, too. Uh, Butterbean's mom, for some reason, was in the grandstands instead of in the infield during that race. And when he won, she was, like, climbing the fence in front of us, like, screaming (laughs) her head off. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Was there a similar crowd between the cup race and uh, the late model stuff, or was it more of, like, completely separate crowd? Because I know how it is up at Loudon when we have modifieds up here for the cup weekend. It's almost a different crowd comes in on Sunday once the uh, the modified folks take off but um, I don't know I mean all my friends that were there you know a lot of them came for like the whole week but yeah. I guess there uh, were a lot of cup drivers in both of those races yeah I mean there was still like a good turnout but it it, it wasn't anything like Saturday and Sunday yeah and it, it also like I went you know to the Wendell Jr. race there last summer and it wasn't anything like that either yeah. So when did Brian show up? Uh, I got there. F- I got there Friday afternoon. Um, you know, I pretty much got there right for uh, cut practice. I might have missed the first couple minutes, but uh, so I guess I guess since uh, I was one who was driving all weekend, let's get into all the anxieties and fears that I had oh, uh, about yes. the weekend getting into this. So, I've, been, I've been waiting to, dis- to do this therapy session for a week so, now. So, Well, that's that's the thing is is it actually was not really that bad at all. So, um, 0%. Yeah, I mean, Ash- so Ashley was keep- keeping me updated all throughout the week, and I can't say I was really too nervous about the first few days being too crazy. Uh, I drove right up to the track Friday. Um, not and again, it's, it's practice and stuff. So I knew it wasn't going to be sold out. So I wasn't really too worried about it. But, um, since our friend Jeremy, um, who shout out to Jeremy, dude was awesome. Uh, such a great host. And he and I had a kick-ass time Sunday hanging out. Uh, but we'll get into that later. Um, Jeremy had the, the uh, parking pass, uh, so I drove separately, and I drove right up to the track and parked literally across the street for 20 bucks. Um, huh. No kidding. And zero issues. Uh, so I got there, saw some practice, kind of walked around, wanted to see everything, and, you know, kind of was like I said, was kind of in awe of, of – of just the track itself and what I was seeing. And, and in addition to the aesthetics of the track itself, uh, I, we should also talk about the actual geography of the track. Now, um, a lot of was, a lot was mentioned prior to this race, how this is an actual track with elevation changes, which for an oval, uh, isn't exactly a normal thing. And, and it is definitely the most unique oval that I've ever been to. Um, it's pretty wild, right? Yeah. Especially like when I got there Friday, uh, we were all sitting, right in turn four um which was right you know right behind and right in front of you know where that infamous big winston cup mural is and all that and you know it looked cool but the next day coming in through uh turn two turns one and two is really where you can 
get the the best idea of how weird the geography of that place is because it it is very much more pronounced how how much higher turns three and four are compared to turns one and two and just in general like it's just weird weird track and it's really cool and there's more banking to it than i was expecting um so that was just it was it was really cool like it's a place i never thought i'd get to go to and again i'm really regretting not going there before they did all this work to it like as someone who used to do a fair bit of urban urban exploration stuff when i was younger uh it would have been really cool to to kind of get a you know ghost tour that place before it had been fixed up but regardless uh it was definitely awesome to see it back to life um so yeah i got there friday checked everything out you know practice was cool uh pit crew competition was was fun um you know wasn't the most exciting thing in the world but it was it was good to see that brought back it, it had been i think the last proper one they said was sometime in the late 2000s yeah. uh, i know they did something some pit crew thing last year but as far as a straight up pit crew competition it had been you know i think at least 15 years well for a long time they did qualifying for the all-star race and kind of rolled that into the the whole lap yeah but i mean it's you know like I it's said, not, not it's not a straight up pit stop competition though that, yeah. that was cool to see not the same but but that was cool um one thing I, one thing I will say is I thought it was really funny uh, that you know it was well, probably about a third full for the pit stop competition, mm-hmm. yet people were still sitting in their seats and like turn two, and like just sitting all the way over uh, there. Yeah, I was like, and on like the back stretch too. It's like, what the fuck are y'all looking it's at? Like, you can, <laughs> you can yeah, go was, anywhere right now. <laughs> definitely yeah. didn't sit in our assigned seats for that day. Yeah. So just a little pro tip for y'all out there. If it's empty, you can kind of go wherever you want. No one's going to come take you to jail. If someone comes up and says, hey, this is my seat, move two seats down. Yeah, you'll be fine. Jesus. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, so that was Friday night. Uh, Saturday was, I was going to say, probably the, the, the real big test as far as my anxiety was concerned. But, again, really – oh, you know what? You're not going to talk about what we did Friday night? I was going to say, I just no. remembered. So after I all the – skipped over the parade hauler Thursday, too. Oh, well. Yeah, Ashley did the parade hauler thing, um, which, you know, if you want to mention that, this, now's your uh, chance. I, it was cool. I mean, it was my first time getting to go to, like, the actual downtown North Wilkesboro, and it's just – you know, a small, quaint little downtown area, but the whole town—you could tell that they were really excited to have actual human beings back in their town. Like all the little small businesses were getting really into it and trying to do little events and welcome all the race fans. Like all the little shops on Main Street had banners in the windows saying "Welcome back, race fans," and like brought out their like Dale Earnhardt cardboard cutouts and everything. And it was just cute. It was real cute that's awesome mm-hmm. so yeah and, and speaking of downtown wilkesboro see so yeah, a friday after all the racing stuff got done uh i wanted to go and check out the sam bass gallery that had was put on right in the, the middle of downtown by uh i know uh, harris lou my buddy and his lady emily i think they were the ones kind of in charge of it or at least did most of the organizing but there was uh, ryan williams who's another pal a few other guys like ryan pistana and one or two other graphic designers had a hand in, in setting this gallery up along with with uh sam's son mark um it's really cool there were some original pieces uh some stuff was for sale um it was just a good time hanging out with those guys like uh you know i spent a good amount of time with harris last week in darlington and uh this time around uh had a lot of 
interesting conversation with Ryan Williams. Uh, you know, he's the the head graphic designer at, at JRM and uh, someone I've known for a few years now and kind of just talking about the business of merch and, you know, why Xfinity merch doesn't show up to races and, and how much smaller the business is. Um, he was telling me that his boss is basically the one that was that started Chase Authentics with Dale uh, in the 90s. And he's going to be on the Business of Racing podcast that's, you know, as part of the Dale Jr. download series. Oh. So I'm really excited to hear that because as, as, a, as a merch guy, you know, I, and who saw how insane the 90s merch business was compared to what merch is in 2023, um, you know, I would love not just to, to hear that guy's stories, but to pick his brain. Uh, myself, like I'd love to get a chance to sit down and, and talk with anybody who was a part of the business back then. Um, so that was a really good time getting to hang out with those guys. And so Saturday was again the big test. Uh, I actually woke up. I woke up at like seven o'clock just because a my body kind of naturally does that, and b I did want to do a tiny bit of flea marketing. And uh, you know while everybody else was getting ready. Um, you know, I did find a cool Hut Strickland shirt and a couple NASCAR things at this wild Mexican flea market that uh, had a bunch of goats and chickens flying around all over the place. So, so that was that was <laughs> unexpected. Hell yeah! Um, but yes, yeah, so Saturday, uh, you know, that's when the real action was going to start, and we got there. Um, you know, we we didn't make it in time for truck qualifying. I wasn't didn't need to be there all that was day like long. Like ten thirty. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to see that. It's yeah, fine. didn't didn't need to see that, but. So we had, we had parking passes in the blue lot, which was the cheapest lot. It was sixty bucks for the weekend. I think it was also technically the farthest one for the track, but it, you know, yeah. you had a tram that came in and all that. So um, we were cutting it a tiny bit close, but the actual process itself was very easy. Uh, you know, pretty painless. You know, we drove up. Uh, the parking lot itself was like five six miles past the speedway. Um, some old corporate offices. Uh, you get in a tram, takes us through the back roads, and drops dropped you off right at the backside of turn two. Uh, again, totally pain zero painless, traffic, zero traffic, no issues. In saying that, and this was true for for Sunday as well, there was paid par- you know cash parking everywhere. We could have parked in that same lot that dropped us off for twenty five bucks a day. And actually, been in a, had had my car right there, and not had to spend an extra <laughs> half hour each way getting on this tram. No so, shit. So Everybody yeah. that lived on those back roads had turned their yards into cash lots. Yeah, they were um, all like set up and like you know, yeah. out and another so, time honored Winston Cup tradition. Right. I, I I think I think it was just one of those deals where you know everybody kind of had uh, you know some fear that traffic would be insane and and you know nobody's phones would work and this that and the other thing and and uh, definitely i don't want to say nascar kind of took advantage of the people traveling in a little bit but part of me kind of thinks they did especially with charging hundreds of dollars for some of these parking passes that people were getting um and yeah i i i'll be going whatever happens there next year and i will not be buying their parking passes i'm just driving straight up because there was zero issue with that like there was no like literally no traffic anywhere i'm sure leaving there was and and we you know both days since we were taking the tram back we didn't exactly rush to get out of the place so i'm sure by the time we actually got back to our cars or got back to the bus like traffic had kind of you know filtered out a bit but 
compared to, you know, I'm sure what, you know, what I used to experience in New Hampshire and, and what Ashley experienced a couple years ago in Nashville, traffic was nothing at all like that. So uh, a lot of fears were alleviated um, and that took my anxiety level down quite a bit after 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 Saturday. So good. Um, that was a traffic I, deal. I and, did see and, one guy who I guess he he might have lived a little further from the track who was you know having paid parking at his house but he had his uh you know those like four by four little mules or whatever yeah yeah he had one of those and he was hauling a little trailer behind it that he had filled with hay and he would just put people in the back of it and drive them up to the track from his house going back and forth oh that's awesome yeah it was we are next year it is definitely the full-on real experience we're doing all that shit i'm not buying no fucking parking pass and riding if i want to take a hay ride get yeah Hey up my ass, but <laughs> um, so now uh, on to the actual uh, action itself. Um, truck race was cool. I mean, it was a good race. Um, would have been cool to see Bubba's, you know, sneak out a victory there. But uh, you know, just like Sunday, it was kind of Larson's race to lose. Oh yeah. Um, but it was a fun track. I, I, I one thing that I was, I personally was paying a lot of attention to was the way the trucks were using the new pavement on the flat uh, coming out of turn two uh, for extra traction. Like that was a thing that as you watch the race go on, I think, I don't know if Larson was the first to do it, but he was definitely one of them. He was doing it like every lap. Yeah. Um, But then he, everybody started doing it. Running the flat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The cup cars didn't do that, but it worked for the trucks. Um, We don't necessarily have to get too, too, crazy deep into the racing action i do want to talk about the guy that we sat next to though oh um, yes please do so we you know <laughs> you make a friend we made a friend I, I sat we, we, right right on top of him we, we definitely made a friend now i should say we i didn't get his name you actually you didn't get his name I did you don't know i only heard could understand like every other few words so this was that because the alcohol or was that because of because of some missing teeth yeah, he, yeah he wasn't drinking at all I actually gave him a beer at one point um because he didn't have anything with him but so this guy he was a north wilkesboro local and, and he was very nice but you know he started talking to us and he was telling us how you know he was at the last race and and he said he was catching feelings walking into the place and looking around because like the last time he went you know he was with his i can't remember if he said his uncle and his brother or his dad uncle and his dad or i don't know Regardless, he was with a couple family members that were no longer with him. So oh, to go back in there and get all sentimental, I'm like, all right, well, that's totally understandable. You know, of course, yeah. I would feel the same way if I was in his shoes. Um, but in saying that, he was, like I said, a Wilkesboro local. Uh, he was missing all of his teeth. At one point, he told no, me just that... just the top teeth. Just the top teeth. But, but yeah. he, said, oh. he said he had dentures, but he refused to wear them. And he said he told his wife that the only time you'll, you'll get them in his mouth is when he's in the casket. Um, I missed that conversation. He told he told he told that to me. I don't know if you were around, he t- but he told that to me. Um, and again, wow! This guy told me he told he told us he was fifty five, and he probably he looked and sounded between sixty eight and seventy five. He probably was fifty five, yeah. but he said he was fifty five, yeah. and he kept he kept referring to us as being half his age. It's like motherfucker, yeah, uh, your math is way off, bud. Yeah. Yeah, missing the top row will do that to you, but yeah. Good um, lord. So he he, he definitely. Ba- <laughs> sorry, that's. Just- 
It's fine. I mean, he 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 babbled quite a bit, but he was he was very nice. He was talker, um, but he was yeah. nice. He, That's awesome. he he also had what I'm assuming I don't know if it was his kid or his grandkid, but he had like a a 13 year old child with him who couldn't give a fuck, and also he paid zero attention to this kid. Didn't talk to him <laughs> once. Like he was just talking to us the whole time. This kid who's wearing like rainbow techno sweatpants and a whole fucking outfit in the middle of this sunny bright ass day and and yeah. it was an experience i mean uh it was a tip fairly typical nascar crowd but i mean having having a guy like that um next to us at least yeah. at least for sunday or saturday made made things quite a bit interesting speaking of fandom i, I didn't mention this driving down on friday i stopped at there's a specific bojangles that i usually stop at that's like i know where it is it's right by this antique mall i like to go to um so i stopped in there and i walked in and ordered my food go to sit down i see a family wearing all nascar gear um the 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 kid is wearing a matt matty d shirt and i was like oh boy so i just kind of looked at it walked past with my food is like Somebody's going to North Wilkesboro, huh? And and had a brief little conversation. And then knocked the kid's cheer wine over into his lap. <laughs> I wish. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, that's those are a couple random run-ins with fans that we had. But uh, so, yeah, the truck the race was... was oh, go ahead. Man crush on... Oh. The other man crush on who? Pictures of... Who, who? The tribal and the hair oh yes there was another guy that oh. uh, was sitting in front of us a couple rows down and I, I don't know if I sent him to, to the group but uh, there was a bald I shouldn't say he was about 98% bald he had a couple little wisps like little tiny little tumbleweeds of hair on his head still that he was just holding on to and he was covered in <laughs> tribal tattoos he did send that guy over to us um, <laughs> that that guy was a trip just to be around didn't talk to him though just it was, that was one I didn't need to didn't need to to know what was going we on. We didn't have just time to talk to him. Stuff. We were too busy talking yeah. to the other guy. <laughs> Getting yeah. gummed at by your, your new yeah. friend. Mm-hmm. But he did tell us like where Junior Johnson lived and like a little local breakfast spot where Junior Johnson used to go every morning and stuff like that. That was cool. That's cool. Yeah, I've 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 sat next to way worse fans for sure. While but, he uh, had his shoes off and was like massaging his bare feet with his hands and I'm thinking dear god please don't touch me oh yeah <laughs> there was somebody else behind us too that they had their shoes off and just their bare ass socks on the on the grandstands and oh. and uh, our toothless buddy since he didn't have teeth in the way he was he kept licking his nose for whatever reason like I, I, I caught him I don't know at least a half dozen times doing that a, a life uninhibited by <laughs> <laughs> any inconvenience whatsoever mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, he he did not join us on Sunday though he no, he was he nowhere to be he, found he, he 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 said he didn't want to spend the money anyway so that was fine that's fair um, he was missed yeah yeah um, so after the truck race uh, you know we had a couple hours to kill so we kind of just wandered around and and hung out and we ended up seeing was that yeah, it had to have been Saturday we saw. Harrison Burton and Todd Gilland just walking around like nobody nobody noticed them I called them out and they came over and talked to us for a minute and uh, Harrison had to go buy one of his own hats I asked him because I caught I saw him at the merch trail he came back with a new hat and I asked him you, you, they make you pay for that he's like yeah man but uh, <laughs> they were very nice uh, tough swimming know. over there at the Wood Brothers yeah. yeah it is rumored that uh, maybe Zane Smith is going over there though so maybe uh, Harrison's buying his way out of his contract ah, one by see, one that's, 
that's that's like that's news to me feet. interesting i just saw a little something on instagram who knows if it's true or not but it sounds like uh harrison the, the rumor is and again this is nobody i know personally has reported this or nobody reputable but the rumor is that uh, uh harrison might be heading over to Stuart haas to take over for Eric Almarola when he's gone, and then there'll be a, oh. a, a prominent truck driver with a championship hopping over. That's got to be Zane Smith, I would assume. But interesting. See, see the other Harvick, uh, or I shouldn't say Harvick, the other Stuart Haas news or rumors that we heard were Josh Berry to the four, which I guess we'll find out this weekend. That's coming still, up. Yeah. Still can't believe that to be true, but uh, he's also he signed up with their management, like Harvick's management company, and. You know, I hope it. I hope it. Something good happens for Josh because he's great. I, I I still think it's crazy that either Hendrick or Junior would let him go. But at the same time, I think especially in Junior's case, he can't. As someone who really got Josh's big break, for him to take over Harvick's ride, I mean, just as a fellow yeah. driver, it's like you, you almost can't let a guy pass that opportunity up. Yeah, and not to get too into the conspiracy hole, but they they do all have business together. Kevin Harvick also owns the car series along with Jeff Burton. So yep, that's true. And that's Junior, true. so it's a it's a whole thing. So maybe they worked it out over beers one night. But either yep. way, it sounds like that change is going to come, and you know we'll see if Harrison can uh, can hack it in the old bacon mobile if that does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, now, prior to the the heat races. Uh, you know, like I said, we had a couple hours to kill, and and there was starting to rain a little bit, um, and so we actually managed to get into the speakeasy, um, which I don't know how much uh, oh. you saw about that, but uh, Wilkesboro set up this little speakeasy, which was sort of they basically converted an office and one of the the merch and concession stands the into a little of like bar, a single wide trailer maybe. Yeah, I when That's I, what I do with my were... office too. <laughs> When I heard they were doing this, I thought it was going to be some shack like behind turn three that you had to go walk down a hill to find instead of just being a fucking door next to the next to the hot dog stand that you had to wait in line to get into. That said, we caught it right just at the right time. We got in right before it started raining and hung out in there through that the whole time it rained. I don't think it rained very hard because, you know, they didn't lose the track, Um, Mm -hmm. but it was nice to have a drink in there. Cold ass fucking room. Uh and not, not have to get rained on but um yeah it was the the call distillery that you were talking about rob that, that oh yeah happened. yeah that's cool I'm, I'm glad to see those guys finally get that kind of exposure too that family has been around uh wilkes county for a long time and that racetrack uh, in particular there's features in old winston cup broadcast i'll see if i can find the one i'm thinking of i think it was the 96 race they uh they interview grandpa call who was an old bootlegger and uh now they uh the family's taking it on and now they're a big sponsor of the race and i met a couple of those guys that we snuck in uh a few years back super nice you know salt of the earth good guys trying to do something for the county and uh seems like they finally got their shot to really uh, be a part of something huge so yeah i saw i saw their name on a lot of things over the week so yeah decent moonshine too yeah, yeah i had some Brian apple guy. pie drink it was yeah, very it was good yeah very tasty that's that's the hangover juice right there what got you true love when you were uh uh, that was Sunday. We'll get to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean um, to jump ahead in the script here, skip any pages, but um, so so after after we had our drink, uh, you know, we noticed on TV that we're gonna run the wet weather tire, so we hopped back out and 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 got in the stands for that. And uh, trying to think, we actually ended up watching from start finish line uh, for yeah, a good bit of that. Yeah, we watched turns one and two. 
Uh, yeah, we had seats in turns one and two, but the rain tires. But then we moved. Yeah, we we kind of we we were able to bounce around a bit because it was definitely not full capacity at that point. Yeah, it, it um, cleared out a little after the rain. Yeah. And 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 like I said, as far as both this race and Sunday, I mean, it was what it was. There's plenty of other people that that can talk about the tires and this car and all the other shit. I mean, it was what it was. We kind of, I kind of knew. I figured what was gonna happen. It was gonna be just another short track race, like every other bad short track race we've had with the new car, and kind of was. Um, but in saying that, this weekend overall. To me, and I'm sure most other fans that were actually in attendance and made the effort to go will probably say the same thing. It wasn't necessarily about the racing. It was about this happening. It was about this track getting resurrected. It was about those of us being to relive history, uh, relive the past, and and be a part of this experience. Um, You know, I have to say, I hope they they fix it. I hope Xfinity runs there. Uh, Yeah, definitely. I hope things get better for whatever happens there next year. But I know we wanted to be there for this moment, and and to me that meant more than the actual racing itself. Um, so that was that was really cool. Um, you know, leaving wasn't too bad. Like I said, you know, we we kind of let the crowd filter out a little bit. And well, you guys don't want to talk about Kyle Larson just laying a an ass whooping. Well, I mean, well, I guess that was Sunday. I mean, he didn't he didn't do that didn't do that saturday we're still oh, back no. in time on saturday. sorry my brain just jumped ahead to the good part but <laughs> um but but anyway so yeah sunday um you know sunday we made our way back to the track early um big day great weather yes so and and now here's here's where i'll let ashley tell her story because uh, again uh, our sundays were very different they were very and, different and and and, sh- and I'll let her get her get no her. I have no idea out. what Brian did most of the day Sunday. If I'm being honest, yeah. <laughs> you curled up in a, in the shuttle in the corner or something. Um, there's a couple iffy spots. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday we got there. Uh, Jeremy, our my friend that let us crash at his house for the week, wanted to get there early enough to like see Tim Duggar play, who plays at a lot of races. Oh, cool. And um, Dirk's Bentley was like the big headliner for the pre-race concert that day. And I had an old friend from like 15 years ago from when I lived in Atlanta and was part of that music scene who used to play in a bunch of bands who has been working on Dirk's crew for like the past nine years. So he was there running the stage and got me a pass to come and like hang up hang out on the main stage to just watch the show from up there which was a very cool unique experience yeah i saw that on the internet and i was wondering how the hell you got up there yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, so huge crowd too like for the the stage that they had for the concerts and like some of the driver q a's they it was in a big grass field that like naturally teared down and they had the stage at the bottom, and so people could just sit up the whole hill and have. Oh, a I love that! That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, watch Dirk Spindley, who I you know don't give a fuck about, but still cool. And while I was up there, I looked, and also standing backstage was Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Amy and the girls, and they were there to see Tim Duggar. And I've never met Dell Jr. 
and as soon as I saw him, I started like physically shaking because I only had one beer in me, so I was very nervous. And I was like, fuck, this is my one chance to meet Dale Jr. So I got up the courage to go over there and ask him for a picture, and man, he was just as nice, polite, and humble as I had ever hoped and dreamed. And took a nice picture with me and called me ma'am, and it, <laughs> that alone was worth the whole trip for me. But yeah, while I was there, I had free reign on uh, Dirk Spentley's beers. All the Budweiser I could hope and dream. And you got it. You got it right. That's what you do, folks. <laughs> if you make it backstage, those beers are going to get refilled for an artist of that yeah. size. So you got to make sure you take as many as you can and stow them away in your little tum tum. And is that is that is that what you did, True Love? That's what I did. <laughs> I just kept bringing them out, filling up that cooler, and my friend kept saying, "Hey, get a beer. Hey, get a beer." But before Dirk took the stage, I guess it's custom for the crew to take a shot of whiskey together. Oh, hell my yeah. old ass has not taken a shot of whiskey in years and years. Did we not shoot whiskey in uh in Charlotte? I thought we no. did. No, I refused. Shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I, I think that, I took your shot. That's right. Never mind. Yeah, all that on an empty stomach <laughs> to kickstart my day. And then after that ended, I went back out into the crowd and got my cooler back and where my Bojangles hard sweet tea was and started in on that and I was just well but well, let's just say I so I had to sit through this whole fucking show that I didn't want to even fucking sit through the Ashley's cooler I'll just be back there for a song or two wait she made you hold the cooler oh, oh we're getting into this because I I didn't say shit about it so now we'll get into it on the podcast so so Jeremy and I were, were we were like she's like oh I'm gonna go backstage I'll do a little social media shit and I'll head back out so I don't think that's what listen I gave I, I, I know how this goes with these situations sometimes especially in a situation like that where there's friends and Dale Jr.'s there and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. Phones our phones didn't work that great. There was Wi-Fi in the track all, yeah. that worked okay once we were in there, but outside the track didn't work that well. So Jeremy and I had to sit through this whole fucking Dirk Bentley show. I couldn't give a shit about this guy. This is not my type of country music. So I sat through this whole fucking show <laughs> with her cooler. Um, waiting for her, waiting for her, waiting for her. She never comes out. Eventually I find her. She totally forgot about me, went to her other friends. Well, my phone didn't work. Oh, but oh. you didn't. But the thing is, you didn't come back to the spot where I was standing the whole time oh, waiting Lord, for you. Like I remembered where that was. Well, regardless, you know, phone, you phones don't tend to work after a few beers anyway. So regardless, she forgot I existed, and I was stuck there with the cooler. Figured, so once, I once figured, I finally man, found her, there's no what's way that? Brian sat through this concert, so he's definitely not still here. Oh, okay, that's that's, <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's a fair the assessment. That's that's the assessment. Okay, so after after I found her, I got the fuck out of there because I needed to uh, go do my own thing for a little while uh while while she went and, and did her thing so i kind of wandered around and and checked out the cars there was supposed to be another like vintage outfit contest but i couldn't find it anywhere not that i was going to enter but i was at least curious to see what that was going to be like i think that the one the two regrets i have i didn't wait in line to meet bobby allison which i probably should have done because mm -hmm. uh, that was an option and then there was also a go-kart track way down the hill that i kind of wanted to go check out but i also didn't feel like walking all the way down this fucking hill to go uh, with ashley's point. cooler oh no at this point she had her cooler back so i was, oh, okay. I, was yeah. I was free and clear uh because jeremy jeremy had left also he he was like he wasn't t dealing with waiting for either so he went to go do his thing i did my thing would have just took him to go with you. yeah we all 
Okay, well, so, that God, field, I would have found it later. God, God forbid, I try to be a good friend and, and actually well, thank you. And wait for you. I'm so. sorry, I did not realize that it turned into a whole thing. Yeah. So, so that was that. But um, so so anyway, prior to the I race, met Bobby Allison. Yeah. <laughs> was he backstage at Derek's Bentley? <laughs> no, bless his heart. He was barely able to sit in a chair. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but prior to the race, uh. You know, like I said, uh, Jeremy and I ended up sitting in the stands and just talking and hang, having a good time. I mean, he he and I, while we come from different backgrounds, we also seem to have a good amount of stuff in common and just have a lot of life experiences in common. So he was awesome. Like, uh, you know, definitely I was psyched to meet him and, and hope to get to hang out with him again. And it was a really good time hanging out with him. Uh, eventually, old True Love, I don't know, again, Explain, explain the, the your the hour or two prior to the race and, and where you were at because we didn't know where the fuck you were. I think okay. I think it wasn't till after after the open is when you finally showed yeah, up. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so then once I had my cooler back, apparently I drunkenly got in line to go meet Bobby Allison, uh, who was there with Donnie and uh, Will Cronkite. And, oh, that's uh, awesome. So they were just sitting there. The line wasn't that bad at that point, you know. Um, just walk up, the lady takes your phone, and you take a picture with. Like Will seemed to have his senses about him. He was talking a little bit, but Bobby, Lord, uh, that uh, I, I'm just not sure. There's just not much going on there anymore. Like, yeah, well, he is just sitting there, super smiling, old. and just happy to be there. Oh, that's awesome! And, at least uh, I've never met him, so I was just happy to be like in his presence to get to experience that before, you know. Yeah, well, that man has long outlived his sons, which is yeah. uh, which is insane F- to me. Fucked in its own regard. Yeah. yeah. And then Donnie too. I said I talked to Donnie for a second I was like yeah I met you uh last year at the Moonshot Festival and he was like oh yeah he was like I was drinking a lot that day I was like okay (laughs) (laughs) that's cool yeah so that was neat that was you know but after that god what happened after that I think I went inside to go get food because at that point all the free beers and the whiskey and the zero food was really starting to take its hold on me and I got a couple barbecue sandwiches scarfed Mm. those down and then ran into someone else that I had a new friend I'd made that week and was watching the open from the front stretch and all of a sudden that all that beer and whiskey and barbecue sandwiches started doing a number on my stomach and I was extremely nauseous. Oh, I had to no. Sit down and start chugging water. And the more water I chugged, the more nauseous I felt. Yeah, it doesn't always help. <laughs> so, oh, no. Watch the open, kind of, sort of. And then eventually had to retire to the bathroom to puke up everything. Literally everything. So, after that, I felt great. <laughs> but I also stopped drinking. I didn't drink any more alcohol that day after that. But I went and uh You didn't use your get out of jail free card? No. I did not want to see the Wilkes County jail. <laughs> Bought a hot dog hamburger, went and found Jeremy and Brian in our seats eventually and 
Oh, wait. No, there was one point where I ran into some other dude, and he gave me a shot of fireball. I don't know. Sunday was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun as hell. Yeah. See, yeah, see I, puked, I felt great. As, as, as the driver all weekend, I yeah, of course I drank, but, I mean, at the same time, it was like, oh, I, I had eight beers in an eight, nine-hour period. You know, I was just you know, nice, you know, just pace myself and, and having a good time and, and hanging out. But, uh, yeah, thankfully, I didn't have any, any of those issues all weekend, so uh, I'm glad I avoided that. But uh, I guess that leaves us to – I guess we'll make a quick couple comments about the race. Now, first off, before we, we talk about the actual race, let's, uh, I want to make a quick mention of Noah Gragson. Um, <laughs> this motherfucker oh, shit. <laughs> it's like everything that every single thing he does that's like oh okay you know he's alright then he'll do something two or three other things that just make me fucking hate him yep. and Noah got interviewed by our mutual friend Jay for I believe Racing America is what yep. Jay works for now but um, he gave an interview on Friday where you could tell he didn't want to fucking be there uh, he was frustrated with his car he's frustrated with the track uh, he called the whole weekend Firefest 2.0, which is probably one of the most disrespectful fucking things you could say about yeah. your sport. I will be booing and, Noah and Gregson for the rest of the year and probably next year. Absolutely yeah. embarrassing. And I'm glad he won the fan vote so he could suffer through those fucking I was just laps. I was gonna make a point to say that. When I when I heard them announce him after all that bitching, it's like, Congratulations, Noah, you're on the show. And I, I don't know if you guys realize this. They announced it. Um, by calling the driver directly in the car on television. So nobody knew who won until Clint Boyer cues up Noah Gregson in the car. He's like, you're in the big show, buddy. And he's just like, oh, good. Hell yeah. Thank you, fans. It's like, good. Fuck you, little shit. (laughs) Yeah, I I just, again, I know people are fans of him, and and there are reasons for that, but I don't get it because it's just, I couldn't believe, because it couldn't have been further from the truth. I mean, granted, yeah. Did most phones not work that well? Of course. You know, that happens at fucking other tracks, too, not just North Wilkesboro. And again, there was Wi-Fi that was somewhat functional um, in the track, so it's not like... You know, social. Yeah. You couldn't still use social media and, and do some of this phone stuff. And traffic wasn't really that bad. Uh, you know, it, it, there's, there's no reason for that. Like, yeah. I just can't believe. I mean, I'm sure he got all sorts of talking to by his bosses and NASCAR yeah. over that because it was just so fucking disrespectful and so shitty yeah. and uh yeah again I, glad to I'm see him suffer fan. through 200 laps i'm still laps, a fan so. of noah that, that's not gonna change but yeah. i felt like that whole interview was just like a, i don't know his immaturity coming through and yeah know, he's got he's, he's got a lot of way. he's got a lot of that to work out still I think clearly people people and again this is my favorite thing about noah is, is his honesty and i appreciate him saying those things really from a standpoint of i want everyone to kind of speak their mind and you know be honest if they're asked a question and not give the sort of politically correct answer that you're supposed to give i like that about noah and i like that he kind of does whatever the fuck he wants but he's always been kind of a chud a little bit he's definitely kind of a strikes me as sort of a frat boy asshole mm-hmm. and, and that's, those um, are exact types of people i'm not a fan of yeah <laughs> so again, I think I, I don't you know wish ill on him by any means, but he's certainly uh, this is a nice reminder that yeah this guy is not the cool Tim Richmond motherfucker everyone tries to make him out to be or he tries to make himself out to be. Yep, he is thousand percent kind of a little shit. And uh, but again, as long as he keeps being a little shit and keeps being honest, I'm I'm fine with it. So, but yeah, I mean, just, there's, the thing is, there's a difference between being honest and just being blatantly disrespectful and yeah. and stupid and that's what he was so. yeah but you know there's a good there was a good chance like given how things went um 
previously with the traffic, he could have been right about at least that right. part of the. And he, he did give the interview before. Yeah, but I was I was happy. A couple crazy days. <laughs> he did, yeah. That was uh, after the cars race, I believe. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Come on, man. What are you thinking? Like, give it a chance. Talk shit later if it was bad. Yeah. And I'm glad he had to sit through the whole thing. He didn't get yeah. to go home early to go sit at Hooters or whatever he does on a Sunday night. <laughs> Saeed's. Um, and yeah. So I mean, and get to the race. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, there's. Not a whole lot that I think we need to say. Uh, as there's as not much to say. Yeah, there's not much to say. I mean, there's a little bit it was, to say. It was interesting. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was kind of fun to watch Larson, you know, run through the field, the one run he fucking had. It's so much funnier knowing how hungover and fucked up you were at True Love and having to sit yeah. through that. So I was like chugging water, trying to sober up, trying to get my life back together. And having to just sit through that, I was like... It's Larson running the fucking flat. Yeah. Lap after lap. Oh, what no. a show. I, I gotta be honest, like, I I enjoyed it. The, my Larson, Well, my Larson fandom aside, I really enjoyed it. I think it was about what you could expect for a short track race with this current package. Right. It really was reminiscent of a lot of the old races from back in the day. And honestly, I think if you expected something different, uh, you probably never watched a race in North Wilkesboro before because that's just kind of how it goes and especially like if you put all the pieces together I don't I think we got a pretty damn good show and I think watching any driver come through the field like Larson did and it wasn't just him Ty Gibbs made up some positions and there was some movement you could get around yeah. but it wasn't you know whatever people are imagining and I think everybody thinks something's a bad race if it doesn't end in a green white checker these days if you ask the internet so see see that that you know I, I, I'm with a lot of people in that sense where it's like, no, I don't want to see every race finish like that. Um, but no, it just, there wasn't much passing. It was just single, single file yeah. most of the race. I think DW, I heard DW said that this is how it always was there. And it's like, I've, I've watched my shared nineties races. Yeah. Did you have Jeff, but i in the field? Yes. But was there also passing and technically more than one groove? Yes. Like, yeah. You know, again, it's it's this car, uh, and and we, you know, so many other people with so much more knowledge talk about it. So we're not going to waste time. I don't want to waste time talking about it. Yeah. It is what it is. One one but thing again. I will say about DW since he brought him up, uh, it was mm. fucking awesome to have him back in the booth. Yeah, I heard a lot of good things about that. And he just kept kept bringing up uh, Brett Bodine winning there to Larry Mack. <laughs> Just over and over. Yeah, you got a couple wins here, don't you, Larry? At least one. <laughs> Just like ragging on him, and Larry's like, "I'm not going to talk about it." Essentially. <laughs> so, but yeah, what a breath of fresh air. And I would say that it, you know, for all the people, the complaints that people have about Clint Boyer, I feel like DW is the guy that sort of evened him out a little bit. And I think DW was good because he wasn't trying to play a part. And I think Clint was probably a little better because he wasn't trying to play a part either because there was two of them up there, and they were just kind of jawing and having a good time. And that's probably, in my opinion, the best broadcast of the season uh, as far as the Fox booth is concerned. But that's just, yeah, that's just me. I don't see any of the broadcasts. I want to go back and just for, like, just to see the broadcast, not for the race so much. But Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was – that was the race um you know for as good as larson was all weekend i gotta say probably the second best driver had to have been bubba wallace you know like yeah. did great in the trucks and almost almost snuck snuck a win out of that and you know he did very well in in the in the all-star race and i will say uh you know it's only the second race of the year i've been to but the boos for him were 
substantially worse and also just sounded meaner and darker yeah. at Wilkesboro. And obviously, yeah. you know, somebody, some, some, some fans cutting his radio after the race and it just felt weird. Like the, like Darlington, you know, he got mixed reactions, but he gets mixed reactions everywhere, but it was definitely almost all booze at the track. And that was, that was quite a bummer to hear. Um, and you know, him flipping off a friend of his, you know, outside the view of the camera and all the controversy, quote unquote controversy that's created. Like, again, the only people who are talking, talking shit about all that stuff are the racist redneck asshole fans that NASCAR still has. And, you know, it's, it's just insane to me how much shit he gets still, um, by the, I don't even want to call them darfs because it's it's beyond. Well, that's, that's, that's not being a darf. Uh, that's 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 a uh, being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it's it's okay to to hate on Bubba Wallace for other reasons. There's plenty yep. of reasons to not like that guy. Yep. But uh, that ain't one of them. Like, yeah. get the fuck over it. That's. The <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm for Bubba's sake. I'm glad he's having probably probably the best season so far uh his career uh you know he's got to win a couple more races but i mean he's been very consistent very fast all this yeah, he's year he's in there yeah i mean I, I i'd be shocked if he didn't make the playoffs with a win or two before uh before the regular season's over with but um speaking of darfs uh i actually there were a couple darfs we had a direct I, hit this week folks i mean there were there were so <laughs> many darfs really but there were there were two quick ones that right off the bat so saturday night I tweeted uh, in the stands um, about the rain delay because I guess it was there were some rain cautions or something. This is while the cars had the wet weather tires on them. Um, I tweeted how it was. This is reminiscent of the Bristol rain delay during the dirt race last year because Ashley and I were there for that. And during those rain delays, it was barely fucking sprinkling. And yeah. you guys are on dirt. Why the like? It didn't make any fucking sense why they weren't running then. And I felt the exact same way during the all open when that shit was happening right so some fucking idiot decided to respond to me whatever the hell i tweeted he goes that's what you see what people at the track are saying is it's picking up now i'd already posted photos of me at the fucking track that weekend so i replied i'm 15 feet from the flag stand right now because that's where i was <laughs> it's not raining he asks i go it's sprinkling and his final response was i don't know what to tell you Listen to the radio chatter. You're on your own. Track's wet. Like, motherfucker! I am at the fucking track. Like, I am the track. Yes. Like, oh, I, I, I was just, I was like, all right, put my phone down now. Uh, and, like, um, that morning. So Wi Fi was working then. Yeah. Yeah. That morning, Brian made us make a special trip to Walmart so that he could buy ponchos in anticipation for the, the rain. And it wasn't even raining hard enough for us to use the ponchos. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure, again, yeah. you know, yeah. nice, better to have them than to not have them. I'm sorry. Especially when they have literal rain tires. And I know I can hear people out there, well, they're actually wet weather, you know, just, come on. It wasn't raining that hard, no matter by what metric. Yeah. Um, and then the other DARF that I pulled up, and, and this was just the first stupid comment I saw. I mean, this was, there's been many, many since, but this was the first stupid one I saw uh, after the race on Sunday. Uh, some some guy on Twitter said this: When Texas Motor Speedway has forty fifty thousand for a race, it's a bad crowd and looks bad. But when North Wilkesboro seats thirty five thousand, it's awesome and great for the sport. Like, I, 
Yeah, because the fucking there's grandstands just, are full genius. There's so many better. fucking so many fucking different angles you can go with this argument, but it's like, yeah, this motherfucker does not understand what optics are. Um, doesn't understand like the history of the sport. Doesn't understand, um, you know, again, uh, just the ge- like the geography, like that part of Texas. There are the population is I don't know how many more million or not millions but like yeah, hundreds of thousands right of people to compared to Wilkes city. County yeah yeah and and, and Wilkes, I know he got a lot of shit the middle of fucking nowhere to get yeah. to that track there's no attractions bringing anyone out there besides that racetrack yeah I, I know he got a lot of other shit from other people that that called him out for his stupidity but I mean there was a lot of <laughs> like social media was just it was just a field day uh, on Monday as far as everybody's opinions and everything and yeah, again I'll go back to what there. Yeah, all the people that weren't there. I'll go back to what I said before we got into all this was we did not go to this for the racing necessarily. Again, I hate to say I knew what I was getting into, but I knew what I was getting into uh, with the short track race in those cars. But uh, it was awesome to be part of that experience. Like there there have only been a handful of like real historic moments that I've been able to witness as a nascar fan over almost 30 years yeah and this was one of them certainly and it it felt really really cool to be there and you know while while i didn't put a deposit down on next year they were taking deposits on whatever race they have next year obviously nothing's been announced whether it be an all-star race or a points race who the hell knows um but they're gonna have something there i mean they put 18 million dollars plus into that track and the track is fully functional again mm-hmm. uh there's i see no reason to not have all three series run there um i will say i was watching the iceberg did a video on this uh, uh kind of you know the options as far as what to do with the track and he made a great point whether you keep it as an all-star race or another points race may should just be uh, all home 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 track month like let the team stay in north carolina all the races are in north carolina you know give them that break because they're traveling all over the country the rest of the year let them have a month where they're close to home and and you know you could you could fill up the month with races in north carolina i yeah. think that'd be a great idea i mean that's a good little swing right there if you're gonna do darlington north wilkesboro into charlotte that's that's a throwback month right there if you want yeah, to keep d- that theme you know uh, yeah technically darlington is south carolina but i mean it's close enough right it's, right. it's like an hour or two from where they're at so close enough but um the other thing he suggested which i don't know if i'd wait three years for this but he suggested keep it as the all-star race until the 30th anniversary of the track closing down and then that's when you get your points race like that would be a cool moment um either way it it sounds like they're going to be back there next year uh so i'm excited to see what happens and and again hopefully hopefully by this time next year not just for wilkesboro obviously but uh you know hopefully they figure out what to do to make these short tracks run run better uh for the fans at least and Yep. But I'll be there regardless, so it was cool. But uh, overall, great weekend. Uh, definitely uh, my anxiety was a little bit overblown after the experience. And, uh, you know, again, very, very encouraging to see all that we saw. And, and I can't wait to go back next year. Hell yeah. How about uh, you, True Love? Are you, you going to yeah. go back next year? Are we all going? Are we going to North Wilkesboro? Oh, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I'll go well, back. I mean, you're, sure. you're, you're the one that, that you know. Yeah. Now, now you're you have to get involved, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely. Do. I do, yeah. Like I said, I'm the only one who's seen the track uh, in its state of disrepair. I never saw it racing there, but I definitely saw it when it was overgrown, and I might cry a little bit if I actually see that. Uh, it, it was a special experience to see it when it was abandoned, and now that it's full and functioning again, yeah, I think I pretty much 
it's mandatory. So yeah. yeah, I think the most powerful moment for me the whole week was the day that they very first had the cup garage set up and walking down there and seeing that open air cup garage. And yeah, it, uh, it was. I just kind of stood there in awe for a little while, just taking it all in. That's awesome. That's even more old school than North Brooksboro originally was. <laughs> <laughs> and and one, one point, too, I want to make real quick, uh, uh, especially now that the weekend's over. Um, you got to think about, you know, all the all the stress that we all of us fans had as to what this weekend was going to be. It wasn't until I was at the track that I kind of thought about it. In 96, when it closed down, the track was at its capacity. Like, the sport was at its peak then. And, you know, if they could handle it then they could definitely handle all that traffic now. And especially with, there's so many more different ways to prepare. And I don't even know. I, I think that, I don't know if the, the race was actually fully sold out. It was probably like 90 to 95 because there were a handful of empty seats. So it technically it was even not full, but yeah, I now that, now that I've been there and standing around to not in their seats, like standing. Yeah. There's a lot of room to stand too so that's that's fair but but now that i've been there and, and thought about that yeah i mean it's there's really no nothing to really worry about as far as traffic and all that shit's concerned so you know yeah, if that, that was something that you were worried about don't worry about it yeah it functioned better than some big fancy new facility racing facilities that i've been yeah. to like they had absolutely together better but yeah, um, I think that 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 brings us to the end of this show. Uh, yeah. Nobody know the week this week, unfortunately. We've they've yeah. all been too busy as of I. So tired. Yeah. Um, I will say that Rob, uh, you're gonna have to give me the link again. I know there is a history of the, kind of the IRL uh, IndyCar split video that I wanted to use for this video of the week, but again, we're we're very busy. I'm gonna throw that on the video of the week playlist, anyways. Yeah, we can uh, talk about it next week uh, in sort of in retrospect. Uh, maybe that's a way we can uh, a fun little thing we can do is you guys watch the video and we can all uh, talk about it after we've watched it next week, uh, and you the fan can as well. And if you have any questions or anything about it, uh, you can. Hit us up in all the usual ways, DMs, Twitter, all that shit. But, yeah, it's a, it's a documentary called 500 Miles Apart. It came out uh, on the advent or right after the uh, the split between CART and the IRL happened. It's an ESPN documentary. It's really well done. And uh, it's just a really nice little snapshot of the open-wheel world at that time and sort of the, the, the mythology around Indianapolis. And it really deals with the sort of the uh, emotional – uh, side of uh, and the almost metaphysical side of things when it comes to the way people feel about racing and I guess it does kind of tie into North Wilkesboro because a lot of NASCAR fans just had that experience seeing that facility open up uh, again for the first time in so many years and this video kind of touches on that and how families were split between the going to the two races and of course you know for those of you who might not know that when cart and IRL split uh, the cart guys did their own race on Memorial Day in Michigan just up the road so there were two races at the same time, um, and it the, really tore the sport apart. Yeah, the real US 500, which I have. I don't know if I'm going to check the store right now to see if I still have it, but I had a T-shirt from the Michigan race, and it was very funny. Uh, yeah. I figured somebody would have snatched that up to uh, to wear to India as an ironic thing, but I don't yeah. think anybody has yet. There's there's a lot of takes, uh, especially you know sort of after the fact on how it went down and who was the good guy, who was the bad guy, was anyone really the good guy in that situation. But this is a really honest, in-the-moment look uh, from both sides. And honestly, no one's really wrong, I would say, other than the, the quest for money and power. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put that up there, uh, and that we'll talk about it next week because there's definitely some funny shit in there too. So 
Yeah. So, yeah, I think that'll be it for this week's trip to Applebee's. Uh, as always, I have been a little more active on Twitter, so follow us at Meet Me at DeBees on Twitter, where I've been calling out uh, Spotter Brett and uh, other uh, ra- racers' political takes. I think I'm going to start to get real spicy on that account now, so uh, if you guys want to get in on that, by all means. Um, and, yeah, Speedway Screens, all that stuff, yada, yada, yada. You probably know who I am by now, so figure it out. Yep. You can find me, of course, uh, these wild planes on the internet and Rob Moats underscore unofficial. Real quick before we get out of here, since I don't really have anything to talk about, you may have heard me just open a beer with a knife. Uh, I'm going to shotgun a beer live in honor of the Kyle Larson ass whooping that you guys had to sit through. True love, you can pick your headphones off now if you want, because it might make you throw up. But I'm just gonna disconnect from the yeah. chat. God, as a as a, a Larson fan and as a short track fan, yeah, it was fucking awesome to see that. So, um, this is for you, Kyle, and uh, this is for you, Caitlin, who also did m- most of the shotgun. By the way, real quick, um, do y'all see Michael Waltrip shotgun a beer? Uh, yeah. Oh. That was another <laughs> one that I met b- backstage on Sunday. Uh, oh, I'm not surprised to hear that. <laughs> Yeah, Mikey, I guess it was the first time he ever tried to shotgun a beer. He did the thing where he two-handed it and kind of forgot about the weight distribution and spilled it all over his little polo. But a good effort, and you know what? He made the damn beer himself. So uh, here's to we you. all had a long day, Mikey. Here's, here's a shotgun. Well, I'm going to do this while you uh, give your little plugs, True Love. Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Snake Mountain underscore True Love. Yeah. I had a lot. Of, I had, like, God, by the end of the week, probably, like, 20 or 30 random people from the internet come up and be like, are you that girl from the Instagrams? Like, yes, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But they were all super nice, made a lot of friend, new friends at the track. Uh, probably going to change my Instagram handle, though, at some point, so that people quit ask me if I'm Snake Mountain. Um, <laughs> what kind of first name is that? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, if you see me at the 600, say hey. Because I also got a lot of DMs from people saying I was too scared to come up to you. Like, what? I Just say hey. Give me a beer. No shots. <laughs> I'll have to put that on a t-shirt for you. Yeah, please. So yeah, that's uh, that's this week's trip to Applebee's, and we'll be back next week with more race and action. So uh, oh yeah, we got a big time weekend, y'all. The Indianapolis 500, the greatest spectacle in motorsports. Good God, I'm so excited! And then a whole night at uh, at Charlotte. NHRA is happening too, and then of course uh, my favorite Grand Prix of them all, Monaco, is happening in the morning. Even if you're not a Formula One fan, it's a cool thing to throw on at 7 a.m. and it's an excuse to crack a beer and just have a true full day of racing. So yeah so uh cool enjoy the racing weekend folks and we'll check in with you next week hell yeah